that was Sorry. that was actually that was actually a little bit difficult. I don't know what happened, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think maybe because it was so close to the last call, it had a bit of trouble. Maybe. Um, no, what, I, what I think it was is I I you're right. I did have it on uh, some sort of meeting and it didn't work, but I don't know. Okay, it worked out, but yeah. Well, we're here now. Yeah. Uh, sorry, you were talking about uh, the Stephen King book. Yes. So. Yeah, well, I, for, I forgot to mention, though, we'll, we'll get to Stephen King in one second. But yeah, so when I was right, right on that same day when you had that synchronicity, when I messaged you about the and you were looking at the force again, one thing about that, though, is you're going to have that synchronicity often with the force because the four is, is supreme in reality. Because it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But but Fantastic Four. Yeah, that's that's a very. Uh, that that that's standing out because it's it's explicit explicit fantastic four you know yeah, it's not just saying four it's yeah. saying fantastic four <laughs> but in in this case i was thinking about oh oh yeah so earlier that day too i was listening to a i was talking about J, my friend jay and i was listening to this uh audio book and the guy was talking about conditions and the guy said well the guy said conditions and right right when he said that i was thinking about my conversation with jay and and jay said yeah, you know, just let your, uh, yeah, and I told you that all this all this went together, and I didn't even see it until now, until we were mm -hmm. talking about this, but Jay was saying, yeah, well, if, you're, if your parents don't want to talk about the past, you know, just don't, don't talk about the past, and, and, you know, you can talk to them, but just don't talk about the past, but then I told him, I said, listen, I don't want any conditions. If, if someone has respect for you, and you have a good, healthy relationship, then you don't go into that relationship with conditions. Oh, you can't talk about this. You can't talk about this. If someone, if you have a healthy relationship, you go in there and you're allowed to talk about what you, what you feel like talking about. Mm -hmm. it, and, and yeah, certainly there's some cases where you don't want to, you know, there, there's some, there's some boundaries that can be placed, but in this case, it's an, it's not an appropriate boundary. So I just said, yeah, I don't, I don't want those conditions. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. And, I think and, the people but, you love and the people that love you, there should be 100% open communication between yeah, and, and all that artificial stuff, you know, that that's where psychologists and therapists get in the way. If a, if a therapist comes up with these 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 strange rules, and I feel like and my grandpa didn't do that, but my, you know, I feel like sometimes strange rules and strange ideas can be used as a tool and a weapon against somebody without power. And mm -hmm. and that's one of them no talking about the past. So in in this case, I was like, yeah, I don't want any condition. I don't want any conditions. I told him that, and I was thinking while I, while I was listening to the audiobook, I was thinking about the and I and I said conditions. I like I said it, and then right when I said it, like in my mind, the guy in the audiobook said conditions, and now, <laughs> yeah, and now now I'm thinking, okay, but at the time I didn't have any significance to that. There was no significance mm -hmm. to that, but now I'm looking at it, and and I'm thinking, okay, well then I had that synchronicity with Francisco where where the guy was talking about how you, if you're not, this is what the guy was talking about. He was saying, yeah, you, you can't like repress the past because then you can't clear it. So yeah, okay, we don't want to get stuck in the past for sure. Certainly there's people who do that and and they have some, some of them have ego motivations and, and, and they're not allowed to heal because of that. And some of them don't want to heal. Yeah, we don't want to blame the victims, but that can happen. And, and because, you know, we're living in a world that's stressful and some people don't want to heal because it's, it's easier to be, to be injured or it's easier to be sick in some cases. But we, again, we don't want to, we don't want to blame the victims and, that, and that's not blaming, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a stress. It can be a stressful society. It's a stressful, stressful world. But in this case, yeah, it, then, then, then that guy says that. And then I had the synchronicity with my friend Francisco. And then I text you, Hey, do you want to have this conversation? And then you would say, oh, I had the synchronicity with the Fantastic Four. So mm -hmm. now I see how all that was connected. Yeah, yeah, building up to. But yeah, that's the thing about like the dream. You know, you don't, you don't see the, you, the thing about a dream is you have to have a good interpreter. And, and it, probably a dream is only going to show itself to someone who has a dream. If, if it is true that the divine speaks to people through dreams, which is what the ancients thought, where people mm -hmm. would go into these, these temples and they would talk. Or, or they, they would sleep in the temple. And, and, and dream while they're there. And that would be the divine communication. That right? was the divine communication. And, but they would have the priest there. The, the mm -hmm. dream interpreter's there. So with that, when they wake up, they would tell them. Once the guy wakes up, the dream interpreter's already there waiting. Oh, the cool. And then, and then, they, then they would tell them. So the, so the divine's not going to waste its energy. 
it knows this person is is in a is an environment where 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 a message can be brought forth. And then so he wakes up, he tells the interpreter, and now so 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 those so there's going to be if if it's true that the divine speaking to the person, it's going to speak to someone who's going to have where, where it's it's going to it's going to have a use. Mm-hmm. It's going to have some sort of effect, a, a transformative effect. And with, with someone in that environment, yeah, that it's definitely going to do that. And and I think the same thing with reality. It, it, it's so important the interpretation. And and the divine or the higher the higher dimension knows what messages it can send to mm-hmm. who when and this one if everything's already determined it knew that that message can can would, would come back to right now when we're talking about it and it but otherwise that message would have meant nothing i would have yeah. never even thought about that unless we were just talking about it right now yeah and i, and I put and i connected the dots with that mm-hmm. but i don't want to i don't want to make this mundane because that's not even that big of an example i've experienced my whole life stuff that would that would kind of blow your mind but i've you know i hopefully want to eventually write books about that and, yeah, and put yeah, it yeah. All together. Yeah, yeah, compile it. Yeah, and and I have kind of done that, but but I want to do and, and and again, like I felt like I I disappointed the universe because again, I have all these synchronicities I had, but I put them all over my Facebook. I can't even find most of them mm-hmm. because I, I didn't organize it well. I, now I have that app. I should have put them all in my app, in, in my Evernote app, because mm-hmm. you could find that stuff easier. But you know what? The universe knew that that would happen too. That I would that I would not do it so successfully. Okay, but the but the point is though, I want people to understand that there is some sort of deeper thing going on that is way be, beyond the surface level, and 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 yes, we know that there's that there's fraud, there's fraudulent people out there. There there's there's what they call charlatans who who prey upon people and make money off of people trying to sell them ideas. That, that can definitely happen, but at the same time, we don't want to judge anybody because there is higher level stuff going on and and the same thing with dreams some dreams have a deeper significance some of them are just you know surface level they, they, they don't have any significance okay. and, you know, the greeks the greeks even acknowledged that they said some of the dreams come from the divine and some of them come from the mundane world yeah the, the dream world is is in a, in a liminal state between both of those two the dream dreaming is the third the fourth quadrant of the third quadrant thinking motion doing dreaming in the quadrant model and then that's pointing to the fourth quadrant which is the divine level when we're going into mm-hmm. the god level so, yeah, it's almost like it's it's almost like within the dream, you're because scientifically, what a dream is is uh, it's random like firings of experiences you've had. It's like combinations. It's just going off crazy. So it's almost like the divine speaks through that sort of chaos, yeah. that 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 uncertainty of like anything's happening. So the divine is going to say what should happen. Well, you're you're letting go. You're you're being disconnected from your body, and yeah, all that chaos, but. Yeah, they're, they're, you're, so you're not holding on so tight. You're not controlling things, and and out of that lack of control, out of that letting go, something beautiful can emerge, a deeper meaning, and and somehow your your brain that that can come through, and and that's yeah. what the dream world kind of represents. But again, it's a, it's a liminal state because we know that in a dream world, in in the dreams, you're kind of still stuck in the ego, and you're kind of moving out of it. You're still identified as you, right? Usually, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's that, but it is, it is going, it's moving into the divine. You're, you're on that threshold. Yeah. Yeah. But um, again, yeah, no, I'm, I'm big on dreams. Um, this might sound weird, but like I, there's, a, there's some sort of being that I contact in my dreams. Um, uh, and like this, that this is only in the past couple of years. This is like something that I before would say is totally crazy. Whereas nowadays, when you start to experience dreams in 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 the way the dream wants you to experience it, let's say, um, then I feel like your whole perception of what of, of that line between dream and real life starts to get a bit wavy, and you're like, oh, okay, so these two things interact with each other. Then, yeah, that's that's definitely profound. Yeah, the 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 line is it's, it's difficult to distinguish. Um, and, and that's, and, and, and the, the, the idea that dreams are an aspect of reality, it's not a coincidence. That's the archetypal nature of existence is pointing us to a deeper significance there. Mm-hmm. You don't have to dream. Think about it. Why is it? Nobody knows why we dream really. Yeah. 
it's there's, there's no there's no hard science there's there's obviously a lot of theories but science hasn't really come to a consensus really yeah it, but but we, what we do know is okay there's memory consolidation within dreams okay but that's an aspect of the third quadrant thinking emotion doing dreaming that's a part of the ego body the body there's a lot of memory tied to it mm -hmm. there, there's reasons why there, there's there's it's not coincidental why things are the way that they are i see it in in relation to the quadrant things are are expressing themselves ultimately through that but yeah but but the the fact that we dream it's that's not a necessary thing we could we could easily have a, a world where nobody dreams nobody even sleeps that that could easily be the case but it's not and there's a reason why there's not a lot You're of people being dreams for a reason right <laughs> so but yeah so so we, we were talking about stephen king and uh i mean i could i, I want i really want to go and in, involve in the synchronicities but yeah in in this in this book I remember I was watching a movie about it and I was with this, I was watching this movie with this girl, with this woman. She was like 10 years older than me. And I happened to be hanging out with her a lot, like five years ago, mm -hmm. but, but people thought that she was, you know, a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, we, we were watching, we were watching that movie and uh, in the movie, Stephen King, he writes, he, he has a character he's writing the he's writing reality as reality is going on and i remember i was thinking about that and i was like i there's something really profound about that yeah, like yeah, he's, yeah. he's he's writing the reality that he's in as it happens that's the bit that hits home for as me as, like the, as it happens and and there's a powerful thing to that like a very metaphysical thing to that and like i felt like i was kind of doing that and then i saw the movie the mother Mm -hmm. where the guy was kind of doing the same thing yeah yeah and, and um, have you heard of a movie called stranger than fiction will ferrell movie i haven't seen it but tell me about it so a guy so this this guy harold crick he's like some accountant and he's just going about his day uh but obviously the narrator for the film is saying like harold brushes his teeth 52 times a day blah, 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 all this kind of stuff and then suddenly he hears the voice the narrator and he can't shake this narrator that seems to be narrating his life. And eventually he finds out it's this famous author who's writing a book. Yeah. And she's writing this book that is parallel to his life. I think you should check it out. I think you'd like it. It's like a comedy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, those, those it's like very meta, but it's true. Like there's, mm -hmm. some, there's some sort of, and it's kind of like, what is, what is, it's kind of like the idea that you are God type of mm -hmm. thing. And again, behind every aberration, there's an aspiration. So somebody can say he's God and, and someone, but, and, and that can definitely come from a, a self-centered uh, perspective, limiting, limiting, arrogant perspective. But at the same mm -hmm. time, we know that there's an aspiration of this guy is definitely trans. If you, if you say you're God, you're definitely transcending the limited mundane world to a oneness type of consciousness. Even if it's just a metaphor, even if you're just saying yeah. like, look, even, we're all in this don't know it. Even if you don't yeah. know it. Even if you're quote unquote schizo or whatever. There's, and, and, and like I said, yeah. In, in the dream, there's deeper meanings in reality. You, this, this guy has hallucinations. He thinks he's God or whatever. It's like a dream. This guy is schizophrenic, but there, there's, a, there's a higher aspiration behind what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> yeah, I'll check it out. But but yeah, it, 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 it was it was it was kind. Of, I remember that really struck me that movie. I like that idea, Stephen King's idea with that. That was, that, was, that was pretty cool. But yeah. uh, I've been to his house actually, not inside, but I've been to the outside. <laughs> did you meet him? No, he wasn't there. It was in the winter. He okay. he goes to summer because my 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 fiance lives not far from him, in Maine. Um, so we we drove over for a day to get a photo which was pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the, the synchronicities, just, I want to give you one more example of a synchronicity thing that yeah, I experienced. Perfect. And this, this one will kind of blow your mind too. I mean, but I can go over, over all like just a ton of them, but, but I think that this, this stuff does point out that there's a higher dimension, a higher reality thing going on. One of them was, I'll, I'll mention two of them. One of them, and actually one of them I wrote, I had while I was recording and I posted this on Facebook I was with my friend Francisco again. He has quote unquote bipolar disorder. Maybe that he, because he's at like a higher level, like a heightened level of 
aliveness or something. He, he is more tapped into something. But as I was, I remember we were, we were scrolling down through the quadrant stuff and I was recording it on my phone as we were doing it because I wanted to post the quadrant stuff from, from my, from my website, mm -hmm. um, onto, onto my Facebook, because, um, at that time I didn't have, like, now I would put that on like, uh, I'll put that on a blog or something so I can have it a hard copy and I could have a date behind it, but I didn't have any hard copy place where I could put it. Uh, you know, I was thinking that I could email it to somebody, but still that's not good enough. So I was just going to mm -hmm. record it and then put it on YouTube. But as I was going through it, um, uh, Francisco was, was next to me lay, laying next to me on the, on this, on this couch bed. And, uh, and I was, and I was, you know, just going through it. And then Francisco was telling me these ideas, like just give me examples of quadrants of examples of force. Mm -hmm. And, and then he, he, and then I was thinking of one that I couldn't remember. And I wanted to, to talk about it as I was recording. And then Francisco mentioned it. And then right when he mentioned it, I got to that example on like on my internet <laughs> website. And yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's thousands of pages like right there. And then so I could read it and I wanted to think of it. Like, but, and then they say like uh, fortune favors the prepared mind. Mm -hmm. Like that was fortunate. And then I was able to read it, but again, that, that was a profound synchronicity. And then one other time recently I was with Francisco, I was sitting and I'm not with Francisco that much. So, but I was sitting on, on my couch, he's sitting on the other side of the room and I'm looking, I'm scrolling through Facebook and I get on a post about Boogaloo and Boogaloo is mm -hmm. really significant to me. I think probably because my whole life. I was around quote unquote black people because I was always playing basketball. Mm -hmm. And this I the Boogaloo idea is this idea of a race war type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that 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 people are trying to instigate. So then so then I'm, Francisco's on the other side of the room and I'm on the, the post about Boogaloo and I click on it and I'm reading through it. And then, and this is so crazy. Francisco's at the other side of the room. He was sleeping, like his eyes were closed, and I'm facing the other way. So he can't see it. And then he, mm -hmm. he looks at me. He had, we, we haven't talked for like 15 minutes, probably, maybe longer. And he says, hey, what do you think about the whole Boogaloo thing? <laughs> yeah. And well, then, you're sending a signal out into the universe and it's sending one back, right? Yeah. I mean, this this type of stuff, you, you I don't want you people, people just just be open to this. And maybe if people can can recognize that this happens, maybe it's going to open them up to this reality. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But or maybe, maybe some people are more more grounded and that maybe that's their role within reality that they that they well, don't well, yeah that's that's the thing is before before i found magic i was very much that person closed off yeah. to all of this stuff like and like people would try and talk to me and i'd be like what the fuck are you talking about yeah whereas now even stuff that i don't necessarily agree with i'm very interested in hearing why people believe them yeah um well i'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you one, one more example of one that i had recently with my grandpa um, my grandpa actually was, was kind of, uh, skeptical of, of the idea of, of secret. Well, he wasn't skeptical, but he says he's open to everything, but he says he's just never experienced it. Mm -hmm. And, and to me, I, I'm like, how could you have never, you must not have never. wanted to experience it. <laughs> yeah. But, but at the same time, you know, he's, he's always, you, you would talk about that. He thinks that you can fly and that you can transcend this existence. And he thinks that it's possible. Like Neville Goddard, the idea that you're, you can manifest things in reality. Especially if you Honestly, get the house I'm in, the the, the 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 apartment I'm in, I manifested through Neville Goddard. Okay. I yeah. used his I used his uh, states akin to sleep, and I projected this very room I'm sat in in this position, while I was like looking for apartments. Obviously, I'd seen this one and come for a viewing, but it wasn't looking like I was going to get it. So I did all the Neville Goddard stuff, and now I'm here. <laughs> well, my my question, Mars, how come you didn't you didn't manifest a, a mansion? Why, why the <laughs> or the end or the end of covid maybe yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i just i think i uh, so especially within chaos magic we say that anything you're trying to manifest must have a means of manifestation so i couldn't just manifest myself on the moon yeah or perhaps the means of manifestation of that is going to the moon in a dream you've still manifested the experience of going to the moon, right? So you have to ask what can happen in the way I want it to happen. So for me, it was getting this apartment I'd seen that was slightly out of my budget. I, I didn't have the credit reference for it. I didn't look like I was going to get it, but I was like, fuck it. I want this apartment. I'm getting it. And here I am. Yeah. I, 
I, I've never used Neville Goddard stuff. And I'm like, my grandpa says it's possible, definitely. But the reason why is because like, I, I don't know why I'm kind of afraid because I, I, the way that I like to do it is I, I know that I feel like the universe or God knows better than me. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to be humble about it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, and I don't want to like, but at the same time, I know that there's things that like my friend was talking about the other day. Uh, my friend Jose, I did a podcast with him. He talks about this idea of burning desires. I'll talk about this one actually. I'm going to talk about this one yeah, too. I'm, I've not heard of this. There, there's a lot of them, but yeah, he was talking about burning desires, and he, he was relating this to. Uh, um, think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I've got it. How you can have a, a burning desire and it can manifest. And, 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 you know, what, one example of that would be, I think that I kind of manifested this where I knew that I wasn't ready to get the quadrant model out. Uh, I discovered it in 2010 and then I started putting out the lectures in 2013, but then I mm -hmm. took those lectures down. And then I, I think I, somehow my higher self, I think put myself into a bad state for, for like six years where I got confused okay. because I wasn't ready. And, 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 but I, I wanted that. I know that I wanted that in 2013. Like, I feel like I manifested it, but like subconsciously. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I had to take it down and, and I had to, but some, somehow miraculously things came together, but I mean, I could still be stuck in a bad state, but I think it's because I listened to these lectures I made in 2013 and it helped, helped awaken yeah, me. Yeah. 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 I listened to those in 2020, but one thing that I wanted more than anything for even when I was in college was basketball DVDs of when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And when for, for a little bit, I was homeless. You see, when I, in 2013, I wanted these basketball DVDs for, I mean, so, so much. And I, and, and I tried to like, I tried to, I was stuck on Kauai. I couldn't, I couldn't, my, my parents wanted me to live on Kauai. I couldn't ask people. I couldn't just ask my friends because I was too afraid that they, they wouldn't have respect for me at this time. And even if they had them, I thought they would say no because they wouldn't want to go out of their way to give me the DVDs. So I thought if yeah. I got powerful, if I got respected, then, I'm, then they will give me the DVDs. So then I tried to, it's a long story, but I tried to do it through the Quadrant model. My mom was hiding on my post. We don't need to get into it. But then yeah. I tried to do it on INTB Central, trying to talk about like the, these ideologies, like communist type of thing, like a forecast society, trying to get mm -hmm. power through that, respect and stuff through that. I screwed up. And then I tried to get my DVDs, but then my friends were saying they didn't have the DVDs. And I think it was, and then I started unhiding my stuff on my Facebook and then my mom, because I re recognized my mom was hiding it and then things went out of control. And then my friends, I think that I, if I would have just asked them for DVDs, some of them would have given me to them. Yeah, exactly. But, but I, I screwed it up. But at the same time, like, I feel like I, maybe this was meant to be because at that time I wasn't let, ready to get the quadrant stuff out. I didn't know it enough. So mm -hmm. I had to go through this stuff and then I, and then I went downhill and I became conservative trying to get them. And, and then I just became confused and I forgot so much things, but yeah, I think it becomes kind of, sort of like an obsession at times. Right. Yeah. I think I kind of manifested it though, because I think that I was needed to wait till this time right now. And I don't want to say like I manifested all the craziness going on right now, <laughs> but I'm ready to get this stuff out right now. And I, and, yeah. and I think I'm ready to get the DVDs and all that. And mm -hmm. hopefully, but, but I remember in 2014, so I, I was homeless for a little bit. So I'm, I'm in my car and I, and, and there was one person who I wanted to ask, I'm not going to get into too much details, but I remember in 2010, I, I text message, I, I messaged him on Facebook. He was a big time basketball player, plays professional basketball right now. And, uh, and I messaged him on Facebook and I, and I was like, Hey, how's it going, man? He's like, Hey, what's going on? He even visited me up at UCSD. But oh, I, was, cool. I was too afraid to ask him, ask him for DVDs because I was too afraid that he would say no. And I told myself, once I get the get, get big with the rap music or once I get big with, I knew something was going to happen. And I knew that I was going to discover something. I knew this once I was a little kid. I was like, once that happens, then I'm going to ask him. But I was too afraid. So, so I thought, okay, then, then I was going to ask him in 2013. But then again, I screwed up everything. It, it was part of this obsession that I screwed it up. Mm -hmm. And then, but then in 2014, I'm, I'm homeless. And I'm, I drive to 24-hour fitness in Altadena. And, and, uh, and I get out of my car and I go up in there and then I walk in there and then I see the, the guy who I'm too afraid to ask. I see him just standing there and I was, I was afraid that he was going to, you know, may, maybe be against me because of how crazy I acted on Facebook and stuff in 2014 okay. because of this is in a big, big part. And I did go crazy. I, I, I got stuck. I got stuck into a, a confused framework. But then I see him and, and you, you know, you can tell when you see somebody and you can tell the way that, you know, love and I see yeah, the yeah. love on him. Yeah, yeah. So then, then we hug, and then we hang okay. out, and then we're playing basketball together. But mm -hmm. I'm still too afraid to ask him. 
I'm too afraid. So, yeah. so then, then in 20, I think it was 27 or no, this, this is like two years ago. I'm, I'm playing with Compton college or I was playing with university of Los Angeles at the time. And then I go with them to a tournament in, in orange County. And then mm-hmm. I walk into the door, I look to my right and there I see my friend's dad who, who, who video recorded all, all the games when we were younger. Okay. So then I say hi to him, but I'm too afraid to ask him. But then he sees me play the game, and I, I played terrible that game. Like, the worst game I ever played in my life because we had just played earlier that day. And I also, at that time, my shot was messed up because the coach on that team was having me do jump stops in the shots. That's not how I shoot. Yeah. But but by the end of the, but then by the end of the college, summer, I started playing with Compton College. I, I moved from, to a different team I, I wanted to do. And I was started studying how I was moving better, and I started shooting better. But But then at the end of the summer, but I was too afraid to ask him, so I didn't ask him. But I wanted to. But then at the end of the summer, I was uh, I was at a, a tournament in Compton, or uh, no, I, I went to the Drew League, and and I go into the gym, and there's my friend playing in the game, with <laughs> with my friend. There's my friend playing the game, and then I go and I sit and I look up in the stands, and there's my friend's dad. I finally went <laughs> up, I finally went up to the stands. Like I feel like it was kind of manifested, and I and I asked him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said he said yeah, I have DVDs. So, but then. Yeah, so so he has he has a bunch of DVDs, but but he said that, but but then I was too, I didn't know I called him, but then he was busy, and then and then uh and I kept on trying to call him, and he would and he wasn't answering, and I got too, I got really nervous, and mm-hmm. I wasn't gonna ask him, and I, I called my friend, I was like, hey, can you call your dad and, and ask him, and but my friend was saying no that, that that he wasn't talking to his dad at that time, okay, so so then finally uh, but he said yeah, he said call my dad, he has the DVDs, but then uh but then that I was too afraid, I got too afraid. Because I want to get the I don't I because I don't know if people think I'm crazy at this point because I want to get the quadrant stuff out then they'll think okay then they recognize it so I was too afraid to ask them and then the pandemic hit and I thought okay well I'm just gonna wait till the end of the pandemic hopefully get this stuff big and then I get respect and then I'm gonna ask them yeah yeah but that's that's not even that much of a synchronicity but that's kind of I mean that that was kind of a synchronicity well it's, it's like a long running series right of synchronicities yeah. leading but, up but okay I'll give you one synchronicity though. Mars and I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for taking up so much time with the talking, man. No, I like synchronicity. So, <laughs> so, so this one was. This is gonna. This is. This will blow your mind. I mean, but but there's so many. I can give so many, like really, really crazy ones. But this this yeah. one is, this one's cool. Is <clears throat> I was at seeing a psychologist because I was having difficulty with my parents with the, with the basketball. And I talk about this a lot in a lot of my, my previous stuff. So I don't need to get into all of it, mm-hmm. but this was in high school. And the psychologist told me that my mom wrote her a letter and my mom was calling me a bunch of names. And, and my mom kind of had an immature orientation and she didn't know what was going on, that it was a shoot away machine that messed up my shot and all that. She, they thought mm-hmm. there was something wrong with me. So I'm talking to psychologist. The psychologist tells me, I can tell her that you're perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with you. She was saying the way that your mom is speaking to you is inappropriate and it's terrible. And uh, so she said that she, ha- she was going to talk to my mom. So then we had a really good connection. And this psychologist was spiritual. So then she was saying, she was saying, uh, somehow we started bringing this up. She said, like, well, I told her how I would have a lot of rituals, but I would do all my rituals in threes at that time. Mm-hmm. And when I look back at it, I had this one ritual where I would, every time before I left my, the basketball court, I would make one shot from the right, one from the middle, and one from the left. Oh, right. Okay, cool. Do, do it in threes. But then I changed it. Then I would do I would do those three, but then I would have to make a shot before I left. So that was three plus one. Uh, I didn't even know that at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the but the psychologist, she was saying, yeah, you know, she, she told me, yeah, well, you do everything in threes. But she was like, but, but you know, everything is in fours. She was like, four mm-hmm. is the magic number. I, but but and, and I remember I told her I was like no I was like three. <laughs> you said no to four back then. <laughs> yeah yeah I was, I was like no I was like no three is three is it. I was like no. Yeah. But but she 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 basically told me right there and then and then you know I so we're having a good connection this this, this you know this the psychologist she's really things things are going well. But then I told her how I see spiders as bad signs and I would, and I would look through the universe and spiders would tell me what to do. And I can get into some crazy synchronicities in college, everything where spiders with my friend, Michael Massad, he experienced it with me, stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I told her how I would use spiders. And then I remember I was looking outside of the door and there was a huge, like radiant, colorful spider blowing 
outside of the window, just blowing back and forth. And I remember I started to cry. Yeah, yeah. And I told her that was a bad sign. And, and, she, and I told her, look, and she looked and she saw it. She, there was a big, you know, you know, the big spider. And then, and it was a bad sign because then she, the, the psychologist talked to my mom, tried to get my mom to, to stop calling me names and stuff and, and, and treat me with more respect and everything. And then, mm -hmm. uh, and then my mom told me the next day, you're never seeing that psychologist again. <laughs> because she said something. Yeah, because, because, I mean, this is what my mom told me. She, she said, that psychologist is crazy. So, so that was the last wow. time I, I saw that psychologist. But then, so, so she's talking about the force. Then I'm talking to my grandpa kind of recently. And my grandpa, I think that he thought with the quadrimodal, he thought that I was going off the deep end a little bit. And he mm -hmm. wanted to ground me a little bit. So I think that, you know, my grandpa was always very open to the, to the magical, to the mystical. But then he, he, he started to try to take me away from that when he didn't understand the quadrimodal. But then I was, I was trying to tell my grandpa about the synchronicities, how I've experienced the synchronicities and stuff. And I was trying to, to awaken him to that. So mm -hmm. I, I start reading to him an article on synchronicity on Wikipedia. And, and as I'm reading it, I'm telling him, I'm, I'm, like, I, I'm like, grandpa, you know, th this stuff is for real. And then and I tell my grandpa, I, like in the middle of reading it, I tell him, listen, grandpa, listen to this story about the, the, the three and the four that happened mm -hmm. with, uh, with the psychologist lady and, uh, and I don't, I don't remember why I brought it up, but, but somehow that was brought up and then I'm, and I'm reading the article. And then as I get to the end of the article or, or no, right, right after, after I forget exactly all the details, but I, at, at this point, then it, we get into the article about this part where Carl Jung says that he was talking to to a, one of his patients who wasn't open to the, to the, to the mystical. And then he told the patient something about the patient said something about a beetle. And then he walked out of the door and there was a beetle. And then Carl Jung said, like, there's your beetle. And it was some sort of mystical exchange. Yeah, that's cool. Like, like a golden beetle. And then, and then it, but it happened right after I told my grandpa about the spider thing, about the bugs. And so then there was that, there was that synchronicity right there. Yeah, I, I forget yeah, exactly like the whole that. situation, but, but it, it was like coincided with both of that. And I was like, yeah, you see, we were just talking about the bugs, the spider, and then the beetle right here. In this article, That's I don't know. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't that good. But I'll give you one more example, Mars. One more example. In this one, I was at, uh, I was gonna go to a synagogue to study with a with a rabbi, mm -hmm. because at th at this time I was I was trying to understand the whole Judaism thing. Yeah. And then there was there was a there was a guy standing, uh, there was a homeless guy, and I didn't have any money. It was right before Thanksgiving. I had money, but it was only at a $20 bill. So I thought, you know what? And I heard a rabbi say, if you have money, you always just give it to a homeless guy, whether it's like a quarter or whatever. So I was like, the homeless guy came over and then I was like, hey man, I was like, hey man, here, take, take the 20. And then, so the homeless guy was like, oh wow, that, thank you so much. You know, that's really nice of you. So I was like, okay, cool. And then, and then I went and then I drove to the, um, to the synagogue. And then as I was sitting at listening to the rabbi speak, he, he says something about, yeah, you know, if you have a, like something about a $20 bill, yeah, give it to the homeless. Like something about giving a $20 bill to the homeless person. Yeah. I'm not making this up. Then after that, I go to my friend's house, my friend Kino's house. We're listening to, and, and people could probably look it up because the, the, the woman says it. Uh, listen, listen, watching Robin Big. Okay. And then the woman, you know, the woman in Robin Big, you know, or not, not Robin Big, you know, the, the, the show where they, they do all the bloopers, you know, the guy from Robin Big, the, the white guy. Uh, vaguely, yeah. So, so he, he talks about, you know, he, he's, he's talking to this girl and he says, oh yeah, he says to the girl, oh yeah, something about uh, $20. Oh no, no. Like he says something about like, oh, you like to give to the, to the homeless people, right? <laughs> and, and, and she says, yeah, like sometimes I just like to give $20 to the homeless people. <laughs> Right after you've just given twenty dollars, I gave twenty dollars, and I went to. In, so it all happened like back to back. So the, the must, I was thinking like, and, and the rabbi was saying, yeah, how when you give, you know, that can open you up to you know blessings and stuff. And I was like, okay, that's an interesting thing. And, and the interesting thing too about that was my grandpa was telling me that giving is not necessarily good, but it's just it's a way of letting go of your attachment so you can transcend the self mm -hmm. to the oneness conscious to the to the divine. But yeah. if you give in order to get something, then that's not, then that's still self-confirming. It's still, it's still keeping you in, in, in your individuality. 
Yeah. So, so you, and you're saying also, you know, giving doesn't help the person you give to, but giving just helps you because sometimes, you know, if, if someone's not ready for, for the money, it could actually hurt him, mm -hmm. you know, but I don't know, just, but my whole life I've experienced like, and I didn't do a good job explaining the spider one because I, I kind of did that off the top of my head, but I just remember there was something about the spider and it was right afterwards and the bug thing, but yeah, you know, but, but just, I can go over and over like throughout my whole life. But like I said, it was like, I was writing a movie when I was in high school or when I was in college, I was writing down all this stuff, making myself a character in a movie, like Socrates, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. how, like, I, but I was Socrates and I felt like the universe was giving me material, like synchronicities and types of stuff so that I could play that out. And it made me think of like the Stephen King thing where this guy's writing out his life and he's playing it out. Well, this is something I keep thinking about lately is like uh, the mythology of your own life. Like we don't talk about like our personal mythology. Like, like I have these two people that have always been in my life that to me, I, I re represent femininity and masculinity, my parents. Okay. That's like a mythological feature in my life that, that, that helps me direct my path. Um, so it's interesting what you're saying about, uh, about like writing your life is, is my question is who is the author of your life? Is it you? Is it the people around you? Perhaps it's God, perhaps it's the universe, but I think paying attention to who is writing your story is very important. Yeah. We, we, I, you know, I like that idea of making your life like a movie, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I feel like that, that I was kind of open to that. I was kind of living like that and, and, and reality kind of said, okay, you want to be a character in a movie? We actually, because, because it wasn't really me who thought that reality was giving me that idea too. Where do my thoughts come from? Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, okay, we'll make you, so then we'll, we'll give you the quadrant model. We'll give you this stuff because we know you can handle it. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's just like, it, it's really amazing. But I like the idea of making your life like a movie because, and also being open to just the mystical and stuff, because well, the way I look at it, if, if you're making your life like a movie and open to the mystical and you're open to all that stuff, then at least, even if it's not true, which a lot of evidence now really indicates it, especially if you understand the quadrant model, all the mathematics, there's something really deep going on. But if you do, if you do live in accordance with that, then at least you're going to have, you're going to have a high level of energy aliveness and you're going to, you're going to, it's going to be more fun than if you are kind of looking at things very, you know, in, in a mundane kind of superficial mm -hmm. level, how, how could that be any fun? And how can that, and how are you even going to get anywhere with that? Yeah, I think, I think people stick in the mundane and rationality because they, they, they they're chasing sort of objective truth mm -hmm. and and i'm i've kind of abandoned the idea of objective truth in the past couple of years because like i just i think truth is something so there's this book by a guy called alan chapman um called advanced magic for beginners and uh it, in that book he 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 describes truth as something you experience rather than something than you that you know so truth is an experience rather than a piece of knowledge Okay. And I think okay. people who are chasing truth sort of stick in the mundane because that's the, to them, that is how you get closest to truth. Whereas I'm sort of sifting through worldviews to find the most useful rather than the most truthful. Mm. But that's just me. I'm trying to find a, a worldview that helps me get the best life I can. And, and for different people, it's going to be different. Yeah, that, exactly. That most appropriate for you. But, but actually, you know, for me, yeah, useful is important, but I want the truth. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, I'm that character in the story in the matrix. Mm -hmm. And there's a different character. There's even a nemesis in the matrix who, who's, who's discounting all this and he's saying whatever. And he, but they, I'm, I'm not going to invalidate him. He's another character in it. Yeah. yeah. He's and, doing his thing. <laughs> and, and he's really important. Uh, I, all the people who, who, who didn't believe in what I did and stuff, they were important because I wasn't ready at that time. Well, also people who don't believe in your, in your beliefs are, are good ways for you to get over, to overcome the obstacles that are in your path. Because like, if someone's pointing out an issue with one of my beliefs, it helps me find a place that I can fix. Yeah. Well, it's, it's perfect for growing. Yeah. And, 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 and evolving. And the thing is like, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, Mars. If you talk to me in 2019, I wouldn't be telling you any of this because I'd be too afraid to be sounding crazy. 
and I and yeah. I wasn't and I and I was even trying to shut down a mystical because I was afraid people think I was crazy. And and also my grandpa, I think he was trying to ground me. He thought that I, you know maybe quadrants. So I wouldn't have talked about any of this. I wasn't open. I wasn't letting speaking from my heart. Mm-hmm. But right now I I'm more I'm not afraid. And because I think that this is legit and I listened to the lectures I made in 2013 and I'm talking a little bit about this stuff. And that was when, yeah. that was when people were, were resonating with it. And people, you know, I think that people are ready for this and people do resonate with this. So many people are open to seeing numbers mm-hmm. and being guided by numbers and seeing signs and stuff like that. And I, and I, and I think that there's actually evidence for it. And it's just even ingrained within the way that our reality is again, the, the dream, mm-hmm. the dream points to this. When you're in a dream, you're creating signs. Signs are coming to you. And it, and reality and dream are kind of very, you know, very similar. There's, I don't know if we, we can even really differentiate between the two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you read, are you familiar with an author called Robert Anton Wilson? Yeah, I have. I'm on his Facebook page. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he him and timothy leary both talk about um the eight circuit model of consciousness and it's it's and he's got a book yeah exactly and he's got a book called prometheus rising and it goes through the the different ones and it was interesting to me because earlier you mentioned the third quadrant being sort of intellectual is that right yeah it's rational so the first quadrant is more instinctual second quadrant is more like magical religious third quadrant is more rational interpersonal and the fourth quadrant is transrational transpersonal and all these are interacting all at uh, once. Yeah, yeah. So in in their in their model, the 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 first. So like you said, it's split into the two circuits of four because we have access to the first four. We don't have permanent access to the other four, but we can get access. But um, so in the so the first one is uh, survival, bio survival. So it's like safety. Um, the second one is sort of uh, territorial. So that's hierarchies. Yeah. And then again, the third one is intellectual. It's it's rational. It's it's the mind. Um, You're gonna see this pattern everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty cool to me. Uh, and then, the, what I would say the difference, however, is the fourth one is all about sociosexual uh, behavior. Well, sex. However, sex is the fourth. Sex is death. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Magaga. Yeah. No. No. That's that's exactly where I was going. <laughs> Is like is that's a transcendence that 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 the fourth is like you have said previously the fourth is the transcendent quality right? Yep, and that's that's connected to sex. You see, but again, sex is paradoxical because it's mm-hmm. both it's both self-confirmatory. So when you're in the fourth quadrant, you're you're again you're in the liminal state between this world and being and in, in the the true divine world, which is the fifth. When we get to number five, and that's mm-hmm. excess. That's 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 actually God Himself, and it's always okay. questionable. But sex. Sex is kind of the, it really does represent that liminal state because when you're having sex, there's kind of a death component and it's also a self-confirmatory definitely because mm-hmm. there's the sensation and stuff, but it's also the desire to become one with someone else. And that's yeah. to, to transcend yourself to oneness. Mm-hmm. So like you're saying that, that, that sort of essence of death within sex yeah. is, uh, as I was talking about gnosis earlier, that is that same thing, that state of mind where everything stops for a second everything disappears for like that split second during sex right and 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 even with with drugs like dmt they call it the death molecule and and it's funny because i remember and i had i actually had a podcast recently with my friend akash and we would talk mm-hmm. a lot about synchronicities and i forgot to talk about to him about this in the podcast and i was planning to do another podcast with him we had a synchronicity when i showed him the quadra model in college or it wasn't synchronicity it was kind of like a miracle where he was eating soup and then the soup the noodles they they made like a perfect circle in this thing and we were wondering we, we were thinking there must be some sort of chemical reason for that it might not have been a miracle but mm-hmm. it was right after i showed him the quadrant stuff but we would talk a lot about synchronicities and and i remember we were talking with him and one of his friends justin and this friend justin was telling me telling me that he experienced some crazy synchronicities when he was on drugs like he mm-hmm. said that that he was he was taking drugs and something with cards like he was thinking about the number three and then the numbers three top of three times and then like, and so he was saying that the drugs opened them to that. And an idea with like DMT is it's a death molecule. It's, it, it, I don't, I've never, I've never actually taken any drugs. I've never even drinking alcohol. Okay. But you know, my, my friends did. And he, and, and, and he was saying that these drugs were giving him th- this capacity to experience these synchronicities. These, these like really uh, kind of uh, profound, profound, like incredible uh, 
I mean, yeah, I definitely know what he's talking about because, uh, I mean, I've done some drugs, <laughs> uh, but like when I've done LSD, for example, the weirdest shit happens that you're just like, wait, why did that happen right now? That could have happened any other time, but it's happening right now. So I think, I think what, like you're saying, it puts you in a headspace that is outside of the individual headspace. Yeah. So you might not be entirely in the divine, but you are, you are able to, to, to sort of make contact with that a lot better. What I will warn, however, is that relying on sort of drug use for divine experiences is not going to necessarily make the divine all that happy <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah, uh, my, my grandpa had, had a saying with that. And I think that's the reason why I didn't do it, because my grandpa was a transpersonal. He, 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 you know, he kind of warned me. But he, the thing was, he didn't say don't do it. And I think if he said don't do it, then maybe I, I don't know. I, I never had any propensity to want it. But but he said he said that like angels rush in where or, or fools rush in where angels fear to tread. And it's this idea that if you that 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 it's kind of a shortcut to ecstasy. That if you're that a lot of people that that you know they they can get to these states through meditation and stuff, and they can do it, and and then they can then they can move their way in a hierarchical manner, like in, in a through steps, through they, where they have enough preparation, where where they're developing to the mm -hmm. point where they can they can they can function after having a mystical type of state. But if somebody, right. you, yeah, you you don't you don't climb mount everest without gear yeah yeah and, and, and you don't take have, a helicopter to the top of mount everest the helicopter would be the drugs yeah you, you right? need to have a sherpa you need to acclimate you need to go up and yeah. down a little bit and, and, and that sherpa thing is is very important in in this regard <laughs> yeah. like you need some sort of guidance even if it is the universe that's guiding you you need some guidance if you're trying to get to these places yeah so i, I know a lot of people who've done drugs and and they they come back and of course, they think that they're prof they think that they're like they have all the wisdom in in reality. I was there once, <laughs> and and but at the same time, I can recognize you know stepping back from from what I know now about transpersonal psychology that some of them kind of have kind of fractured egos, and and it's more of an impersonal uh, orientation. Where I mean, I'll just right. give an example. Like I know this one Indi one of my Indian friends. He, he's done a lot of these drugs and he thinks that he's in a very mystical state and he is he, he actually is a pretty smart guy but at the same time he's kind of a quote-unquote like very nationalistic very and, and his religiosity is okay superstition i don't want to judge anybody but all i know is that he does you know he, he has more of a judgmental orientation toward arabs toward muslims toward uh you know it kind of an ally enemy orientation with Jews and white people like he looks high, more highly upon white people and mm -hmm. and this isn't quote-unquote racism it's just immaturity and it's looking mm -hmm. at people not as it's looking at people as groups as opposed to individuals yeah and it's and it's not looking at reality the way it really is but it's kind of a you know categorizing reality in an mm -hmm. artificial way that doesn't lend to much harmony and it's not really accurate so and, and I, am I going to say that it's because of the drugs that that happened not not necessarily but all, all i will say is that the drugs didn't help him to elevate to a higher motive orientation to where he wanted to get to yeah 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 so in 2014 i uh th this was my first time taking lsd and uh i was a stupid idiot kid who didn't know how much to take <laughs> so i took too much um and i had like a, a an experience where my ego just died where i just didn't have an ego for a while obviously during the, 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 the drug experience. Um, but once I'd come back from that, yeah, I had this sort of air about myself where I was like, well, I know the truth of the world and no one else does. And I'm going to tell everyone. And, but it wasn't until that, that it did fade, but then this one thing stuck with me from it, which is sort of the, uh, I, I became obsessed with the paradigm between chaos and order sort of duality, the, the two forces that, 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 that we bounce between and um it got to a point where it was all I could think about it was like scrambling my brain it was like really intense and then I found magic and I suddenly had like language to talk about it in a different way in a much better way so that I could sort of get to the bottom of it 
and now I don't have that sort of it, it was almost like an anxiety about what is chaos what is order and I don't have that anymore I don't know that I know for certain what chaos and order are but at least now I have sort of a way to approach the topic and I think that's the problem with our society and taking hallucinogenics is we don't have a society that is set up to support hallucinogenic experiences mm -hmm. whereas if you were to go to usually an older society they they understand what these experiences are because they also experience the divine through sober methods as well so they know how to, to to look after each other when you go through that. And I think of all the people who have gone through similar experiences to me, not recovered because of the society we're in. And that, that scares me that I was like very close to, to not recovering. Yeah, me too. Me too. With with my experiences, I could have not recovered from from when, because, because I think that society made, like my grandpa, I think that, uh, no, I, I just think that it's tough. I did go through a kind of state where I got confused and it was because I think my, my grandpa kind of confused me with, with more like he was trying to get me to take a, to, to have a job. And it, it made me kind of conservative because this idea of, oh yeah, you need a job and you know, welfare is not necessary. Yeah, it's true. Right, that because, because conservatism is a good mindset. If you want to be in the corporate world, it, it helps you in that world. Right? And, and like, and, and welfare, well, it's true that people can take advantage of welfare and, and I could have had a job and stuff, but, uh, everything worked out for the best. That's all I have to say with that. But yeah. all I want to say is that, yeah, in, in our society, I, it would be nice if you could have a society that's more open and more like conducive to people who are quote unquote going through these types of experiences. Because I think that our society makes it worse for them and it actually entrenches them in it when they're trying to force them to get a job. They're trying to force mm -hmm. them. Oh, and they tell them, oh, you guys are bad. You guys are leeches. You guys are parasites. You guys are, and then, and then they start becoming like that because, because they're, they're experiencing this, they're, they're being told this, they're not mature enough to be able to handle such a thing. Now they start to, to get really wrapped in, in their, in their egos. And, and ironically, you know, the, the, the psych, the psychiatric system, that's what it does. The psychiatric system is designed to take advantage of people who are going through these experiences a lot in right. a lot of cases, especially with drugs. Yeah, and then and what the what the psychiatric system does is it says, yeah, you guys aren't functional members of society. Do you have a job? That's all it's saying. Do you have a job? Yeah. Are you so? Oh, oh, you're not. Okay, well, you know, you're basically you're a parasite. So we can take. Yeah, it, it says it says. Well, then, can we turn you into that person? If not, we'll put you in this building that you're not, so you can't partake in society. Well, we'll, we'll make you take these drugs so we can make off money off of you somehow. And then the drugs mm -hmm. aren't going to help the person. The drugs are going to get the person more stuck. And then they're and then you see instead of validating. You know, that's that's the idea of like okay there's a higher aspiration this guy says he's the messiah okay there's a higher aspiration behind that and, and instead of trying to put him down and saying oh you're not a functional member of society let's nurture that and let's Figure get to the what, bottom of it like in a dream why he want, why he feels that way yeah let, let's let's understand yeah why and let's listen to him and let's get to these to, to some deep ideas and and inst if, if we're if we're fighting against him if we're opposing him if we're giving him drugs then we're going to get him more trapped in himself. And he's going to, because that that's where he is. Yeah, we understand he's stuck in the ego right now. That's why he thinks he's a messiah. He, he whatever. Okay. I think for me, what, 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 that, that brings me back to the truth versus usefulness thing is like, yeah, maybe he's not Jesus Christ exactly. Yeah. But what is the usefulness of somebody who feels like they are? Because surely there is a use for that. Like, Jesus was useful in his time. We yeah. need people who feel that way, even if it, they're not literally the body of Jesus Christ. And the, and the thing too is uh, these people don't just become like that out of nowhere. A lot of it is because we're in a society where they're overwhelmed and mm -hmm. it's easier to, to be in a, in a delusional state and in, 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 a, in a psychotic state because now they're escaped. They escape this reality that's too much for them to bear for a lot yeah. of people. And it, it's, it's not... You, you, I get it. It's a bit much to bear sometimes. Yeah, and they've done studies. For most of these people, it's environmental. It really mm -hmm. is. They, they they do studies where people who go into a different culture where they don't speak the language, they're way way more likely to get schizophrenia, quote unquote. Again, but schizophrenia, we we don't really know what it is exactly. One yeah, yeah. one. Well, thing I read the other day that um two things: if you're born blind, you can't develop schizophrenia. That's never happened. If you're born blind, you can't develop schizophrenia. And the second thing is um, in World War II, when the Nazis killed almost 100% of the schizophrenic German population, yeah. following the war, the rate of schizophrenia remained the same that in Germany. That is so interesting. 
even though they yeah. most of them were just killed in the concentration camps. It, and that that kind of lends to the idea it's not it's not a genetic, it but it's more of a societal thing where society yeah. needs to have scapegoats and needs to have the unwanted members who who and we know they voluntarily accept that designation and they become quote unquote schizophrenic again. It's the idea that the, that the the psychiatrist he does it's a suggestibility of society. They there needs to be someone they can point their finger at. That's the that's the parasite. That's the bad guy. That's the and people adopt that. It, it's the same thing with like in, in the in the old times with the witches. It, it, mm-hmm. those, those are the witches. And the, stay the, away from them. Yeah, and the witches. It's it's not, the witches would adopt it. They would become witches. They would act like it. They would hear the yeah or whatever, the demons. Because well, people, if someone calls you an asshole your whole life, you might as well be an asshole, right? Yeah, and 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 the and the thing is, it, it maintains society. People, a lot of people, they want the status quo. They want society to function, and a part of a functioning society is to have the bad guys, to have the scapegoats, to have the schizophrenics and stuff. And and people play mm-hmm. into it, especially the unwanted members, the ones who who are marginalized by their families, by whoever, and then they 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 get trapped into that. And it's it's a difficult situation to be in, and and society wants it. They they, you know, they, it kind of needs it. Yeah, um, but, but um, I watched I watched a uh, documentary last week called Crazy Wise. Yeah, have you heard of this? It's it's exactly what we're talking about. It's 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 the they call themselves refugees from the mental health care system. Yeah, because it's people who have been bounced back and forth between doctors who aren't really supporting them. Oh, no, um, no. It's it's very fascinating, and it, and then it obviously compares how in the West we will call it mental illness, whereas a more indigenous uh, culture might call it uh, sort of shamanism or something like that. Well, yeah, it's it's a it's a real fact that the if if someone's in a psych ward and he's quote unquote schizophrenic, they're they're not there to support them. No way. They're looking at them. Psych wards do not heal. Yeah, they're looking down on them a lot, and and the medicine is not there to help them. It's there to anesthetize them and sedate them and torture mm-hmm. them essentially. And, yeah, and I, mean, I, I do agree that, that in certain cases medication is good, but I, I don't think it's something that we should be thrown at everyone, especially against their will. But, but, but the thing is, like, I don't want to be a crusader. I'm not a crusader against mental health stuff because because that itself yeah. that itself is dualistic. And no, no, no. But I do want to point out that there's a lot of evidence that shows that again, we said these people get schizophrenia. They've done they've done studies where you put a quote unquote schizophrenic inside of a, a mental hospital. And well, first off, the Rosenhan experiment showed that the doctors can't tell who's schizophrenic or not, but we can get that oh, in a, right. a different thing. But wow. in, in this one, the, the person who's in the, in the hospital, he's sitting in there and, and the doctor tells him, they've done experiments on this, where they'll have the doctor say, if you start acting good, we're going to send you, we're going to get you out of here. But if you start acting bad, like quote unquote with the schizophrenic uh, symptoms, then we're gonna put you in the bad part of the hospital. Or they'll say like, okay, we'll put you in the good part of the hospital if you start not acting with the symptoms, but if you start acting mm-hmm. without the symptoms. And the people, if they wanna be in the good part of the hospital or they wanna, or, or if, if they think that they're gonna leave the hospital but they don't wanna leave, then they will start acting out the symptoms. And, and but, but if they think that, okay, we're gonna, I'm gonna be sent to the good part of the hospital if I start, uh, not acting out the symptoms, then they'll stop acting out the symptoms. Yeah. And then, and then what happens for the patient is you get caught in this world where you're constantly trying to chase other people's opinions. Yeah. You're just trying to, you're, you're just trying to behave the way everyone wants you to behave. And that isn't healing. That's just making everything 10 times worse. Yeah, exactly. Man, if I was put, uh, look, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I'm fairly mentally okay. But if I was put in a mental if I was put in like a psych ward for three months, I would come out of it feeling way more insane than I do now. Oh, no, no doubt about it. And, and, and the fact that you see that the, the, the doctors look down upon you, it, they, they actually have a, a look of derision on these, on these patients. They, they, they have like a look of disgust because mm-hmm. that's what these patients are to them. They're, they're that's what it's, that's what a mental illness patient is. It's, it's a, they, they, it, it's, they say, "Oh, you shouldn't have a stigma against it," but you know, you're told, you're tell, you're saying this person has a disease, and you're and you're saying that this person, you know, and the disease has so many so many stig uh, stigmas related to it, mm-hmm. and so yeah, they, they are looked at with with disgust, and and again, the, the doctors actually believe in it too. A lot of them, the doctors what don't. What was that Jack Nicholson movie? Um, 
Yeah, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's he's not supposed to be there, but because he's there, they're treating him like in, in these certain ways. And he's like, "What the fuck? You can't treat people like this." Yeah, well, they did they did a ro- the Rosenheim experiment where what they did was they they would send people into the psych ward who weren't mentally ill, mm-hmm. and as as Confederates, and then they would and they would tell the doctor that they were mentally ill, but then they would see who they would who they would let out if yeah. the doctors could tell who was mentally ill or who was not, and the doctors can't tell. Yeah, it was just muddled. That makes sense to me. But yeah, but uh, I don't want to be, I'm not going to, because I know a lot of people have, the, the, mental illness is a super important part of society. And, and, and me saying this was kind of like, you know, back in the day, if someone were to say during the Inquisition time, hey guys, there's no such thing as uh, people who are possessed mm-hmm. by demons or yeah. by Lucifer and stuff. That, that's, that's just fake. You guys are just looking for scapegoats in society and stuff. They would, if they would have said, no, you're crazy. Yeah. You're, you're, you're possessed by a demon. And the same thing now. And I don't want to, I don't, and I don't have any, I don't want to be crusader against anything, but I do, you know, and I, cause, cause I know people are so sensitive about it. So many people believe in it so much. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not, I'm not going to be a crusader against anything, but I do know that there's, there, there's evidence to, that suggests that there's things are much more, much complex. deep and complex than, than people think. Yeah. I, I don't know. Cause, cause I, I, I do know a lot of people who the, the mental health care system has helped. But I also know a lot of people who the mental health care system has really hurt. So it's like, I guess my thing is therapy is very individual and you need to find the solution that works for you, not the solution that works for every human being. Yeah. And, and a lot of it's placebo, you know, a lot of it's placebo. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is people go to uh, go to a doctor and, and some of them, again, that people want the status quo to be maintained. And, and you're going to be in a, someone might be in a psych ward and the person is mentally ill. And then he's with other people who are mentally ill, but he doesn't want to be there. And he says, I don't believe in mental illness, but the other people are going to say, Hey, no, it's helping me. It helps my voices. It helps me. Don't you dare tell me that this isn't real, but yeah, they want it to be real for whatever reason. They want to believe that they have a mental illness. The thing is, according to Thomas Saz, everybody hears voices. You can hear voices right now. If you want to, all you have to do is imagine your mom yelling at you. Just do that. Yeah. You hear no, I don't even have to imagine. I can just hear my own voice sometimes just being like. So, so, but, but there's, there's, there's people who want to be mentally ill and they want to believe that that's a, that's a thing. And that you're, so you're going to have that. And that's just an aspect yeah, of society. There's people who identify with that illness. There's people who want to believe that they're black. Mm-hmm. There's people who want to believe that they're Jewish. There's people who want to believe that they're white. There's people who want to believe that they're a woman. And there's people who want to believe that, and then they're going to act out the stereotypes and they're going to act this out and it maintains society. There's a mm-hmm. lot of economic and societal factors that are built around it. And especially a person who's more conservative oriented, they're going to want to play out their role to maintain the status quo because some people, you know, for, for whatever reason, and I'm not going to try to look down upon anybody who does that because that can happen to anybody. I got caught in that orientation yeah. where I wanted to believe that I was, you know, this type of ethnicity and I would act it out. And I, and, I, and, I, and I would act like that because I had dualistic consciousness and I was stuck in my ego. I was stuck in my identity. Yeah. And that, happened, that can happen to anybody. And it also people, anybody can grow out of that. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. Um, I will say I can only give you about five more minutes because yeah. I've got to go soon. But yeah, I've really enjoyed this talk, actually. <laughs> so thank you for inviting me on. Yeah, thanks so much, Marcia. Hey, man, it's been a pleasure, dude. It's really been a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. And I want to I want to talk with you more. And I want to, but I, but next time we talk, I don't want to get all up in talking because I, I took over talking <laughs> too much about the synchronicity stuff. I want to hear more about the chaos magic and all that stuff. Yeah, sure, sure. We, we'll make like a, an itinerary. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm up for that. Um, Yeah, honestly, at any time, obviously with all this that's going on, the lockdown, I've got a lot of free time on my hands. Um, I... I have some assignments for university due in on the 16th. So anytime after that is cool with me. Okay. And then, and then one other, one other example though, you're talking about how, like when you would write that it was like, it was coming through you. I know that uh, Goethe said that that's the way it was for him when he wrote thousands. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and I recently wrote a book called the book of COVID and I experienced that. I looked back, I wrote, I wrote it and I looked back over it when I was done. And I was like, how the heck did I write that? And it just came out. Yeah. But one thing I know is I can only write really well raps when I'm nervous and I want to get back into basketball because it, so that's an interesting phenomenon too. And maybe somehow when I'm nervous, it takes me out of myself. Maybe I do get yeah. into the higher thing. Yeah. Cause you, cause I don't know, I don't know about you, but when I'm nervous, hmm. the sort of boundary of my body is different. I'm like all a bit like shaky. So you're sort of outside of yourself, even 
if it's ever so slightly. Yeah, and, and maybe maybe it's messing with my chemicals in my brain. I don't know. And maybe it's outside myself and maybe chemicals. But, oh, another thing, though, too, I want to mention, uh, Mars, is, is is the idea of synesthesia. I have synesthesia where I can see the color of numbers. Okay, yeah, okay, go on. And they say that that, that it's almost like they, they describe it's like psychedelic. That's what people under, under psychedelics yeah. experience. But I have that all the time. So my question is, you know, maybe I am kind of like in a psychedelic experience. And maybe that's why I never wanted to do drugs, because I know that maybe that will take me way too over the top. Yeah, my, my best friend, I describe the same way. Like, I, he, he is, uh, you know, the Salvador Dali quote, I don't do drugs, I am drugs. Interesting, yeah. He's, 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 he's like already naturally on drugs. Yeah, he's in that state of mind as it is. Right, yeah, well, I've got to go. And, and, and even like, even like uh, his beautiful works, Salvador Dali's beautiful works is like taking, the, taking a drug. It can maybe break yeah. you. Just looking at it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. And and it, even though his stuff is just like bizarre, weird, it still has this quality of being somewhat divine. I think. Well, he he was he was writing he was when he would make his it was like surrealist, right? And he and he was inspired by dreams. Yeah, right. And uh, I think he even designed a tarot deck, but I, I don't know much about it. So. Any, any, anything else you want to talk about uh, before we sign off, Mars? Uh, well, no, I think this has been a good chat. We've covered a lot of topics. Um, I will plug my website if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so it's occultfilmreview.com. Uh, we're, we're launching over the next couple of weeks. Um, it's going to be film reviews that are sort of skewed towards more esoteric and uh, occult views, not, not just reviewing films that are occult but watching our favorite films and then discussing them through occult language um so yeah that project's up and running and we we hope to get launched in a few weeks but people can subscribe to the newsletter now and uh, you'll get notifications when we launch awesome yeah i want to i want to check that out for sure yeah um can you send me a a link to, to your yeah. stuff so i can post that yeah, on this podcast and then yeah, man, I, I love it. I love the conversation and I really want to get deeper into stuff because I now I want to understand the magic stuff because I don't, you know, I want to get I want to get a deeper meaning behind all that. And I and I want to and I want to know what you're doing and I want to check it out. I want to try this yeah. stuff, whatever you're awesome. doing. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we'll we'll make it happen. Cool, man. Wicked. Well, thank you for today, Ryan. It was really good. I'll uh talk to you soon. Awesome, Mars. It's a pleasure, man. Take it good easy. Luck. Good luck. See one. you later.